Grab your Bibles and open with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 60. Isaiah, chapter number 60, and verse number one. I love the way this chapter starts off. Get up. Arise. Shine. For thy light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon you. And the Gentiles, which represents the heathen or the lost, the unsaved, and the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of of thy rising. Can somebody shout amen? amen? I like what that ends there in that verse. They will come to the brightness of thy rising. They gotta have something to come to. If you don't get up, they ain't coming. Amen? You got to get up out of our oppression, depression, and all of our distractions and begin to shine with the glory of God. And he said, that's all you gotta do. They'll come to the light. They'll come to the light. Go with me now to the book of John, chapter number 17. John, chapter number seven. I hear a few pages turning. Do y'all still carry Bibles? Huh? How many's using the phone this morning? Smart Alex. <laughs> hey, something about this book, y'all. You'll need to carry it around and read it. I know, it's the same book in your phone. <laughs> it's powerful anywhere you put it. But it's just the feel of it, you know what I mean? To hear the pages turn. Oh, you can? How cool is that? <laughs> he said he could turn that on his phone, you can hear it. <laughs> there you go. You ain't got to charge. Woo, that'll work. You ain't got to charge this one. This book's always charged. <laughs> easy, easy. We finna split the church right here. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, I always, I love my smartphone. I don't know how to use it, but I love it because I always ask Siri. Do y'all have Siri? Has everybody got Siri? And I always ask her. And I was in prayer the other day and a thought come to my mind and I said, Siri, where did, and that's the way I do it, you know, where did, I ask her a question, I can't remember what I asked her. Where did God say this to Jesus? And, and Siri spoke up and said, humans have religion, I have silicone. <laughs> so that tells you, you need to get a real Bible. <laughs> she said that, ask her. I don't know what she meant by silicone. All right, let's get spiritual. Come back in. Are y'all in John 17 in your Bible, e-book, smartphone? Verse number one, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many 
as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Can we pray together before you seated? Father, we are truly grateful to be in the presence of the Almighty today. Oh, thank you for what you've done already. For truly, your Lord, you have done ministered to our hearts and we're grateful for it. But Father, we take time right now to humble ourselves and say, please, Lord, help us today. No man can understand the word but by the Spirit of God. So I pray for the spirit of understanding to receive it, revelation to preach it. Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, seated in the presence of God. John chapter number 17 is the longest recorded prayer of Jesus. And, and uh, we're in uh, uh, the school of prayer on Wednesday night. Uh, and, and, and I don't know if this, that teaching we're doing on Wednesday night has influenced this message. But nevertheless, uh, uh, this prayer that's recorded in John chapter number 17, it, it must have been prayed in the upper room right, right after the Passover meal. Uh, that, that, I think that's when this prayer was, was made, if you'll kind of read the events in Jesus' life there. I mean, they had eaten the Passover meal. This was the last meal. Jesus would be arrested tonight and be hanging on a cross in the morning. But they were at that Passover meal and they had eaten it and, you know, uh, Jesus had washed the disciples' feet and they had had the dialogue together and it's just amazing me as, as calm and cool and collective as Christ was when he knew that everything that was about to transform, the disciples didn't have a clue. Jesus was washing their feet, teaching, uh, feet, teaching them all the way to the end uh, and, and after he washed their feet, they were still lounging, which was the custom of a Jewish meal, uh, lounging around the table, kicked back. John, the beloved, had his head laying on uh, the breast of Christ, and they were just in fellowship mode. And, and Jesus shocked the 12 by saying, one of you is about to betray me. They went through that dialogue and the, the disciples were in shock. Oh my God, who could it be? Who could it be? And, 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 and John had an inroad to Jesus evidently that the rest of them didn't have. He was the beloved, we call him. And he was leaning up against Christ or, or whatever. He was the closest to him. And, and, and uh, the other disciples understood that John had clout with Jesus that nobody else had. Because your Bible said Peter kind of looked at John and said, ask him. Uh, ask him, you know how kids do uh, when they want to get something from their parents, uh, the one that they think's the favorite, which in our family it would be Josh. Yeah. <laughs> My girls hate that, amen. Uh, ask him, ask him, who, who is it? Ask him, who, who is it uh, that's going to betray you? In a few minutes, uh, Judas, he left the meal to go and to initiate his diabolical scheme. Jesus still uh, just just chilling with the disciples. And the Bible says that he began to pray. And if you read John 12, 13, 14, or not to pray, but he just began to talk to his disciples and prepare his disciples for his death and his departure. 
and he's telling them, I'm about to leave, and, uh, but, but don't worry because the Father's gonna send another comforter. Another comforter's going to come. He is the spirit of truth. And then right before, and he went through a long dialogue of just preparing the men that he loved for his departure. But right before he left, right before he and the 11 got up from the Passover meal, Jesus began to pray. And he prayed the most awesome, phenomenal prayer. The Bible says in my text that Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven. Now you gotta understand that Jesus was just about to get up from that table and he was about to go cross the brook Kidron into the garden where he would be arrested. So with all of that in the mind of Christ, amen, knowing and dreading this dreadful hour that he knew was about to take place, that he just began to pray. He began to pray, and I think it's awesome that the Bible says Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven. Somebody say to heaven. To heaven. He didn't look up to look at heaven, but he lifted up his eyes to look to heaven, and to is actually a place reached or entered into. Isn't it phenomenal how Jesus was sitting in a a company of people in earthly dialogue, and in a split second, he entered into another realm. He entered into another realm, I'd like to heard that message you preached, simply by redirecting his attention to that realm. Even in the midst of company, amen, go with me this morning, Jesus redirected his focus from one dimension to another dimension. He lifted his eyes to heaven. He lifted his eyes to an elevated place, right into the abode of God. Somebody say thank God for prayer. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? In the situation Jesus was in, Jesus, by simply redirecting his, his, his focus, he left the realm of the natural and he stepped into the realm of the supernatural right into the very presence of God. So much more, so much so that he said, Father, I wonder what the disciples talk, thought when he was just talking to them. Amen. But all of a sudden, Jesus ain't talking to them no more. He ain't talking to them no more. He has redirected his attention and he don't even know they exist anymore. And evidently, he was so focused that he addressed the one he saw. My God, is anybody listening to me in this place this morning? Now, the next time we see Jesus is really uh, praying, it's just a few hours, maybe a few minutes. The next time you see Jesus praying from this prayer is just a few minutes later in the garden, right? And there he insisted on praying alone. Amen, remember? He told, he let three go so far, but then he told the three, y'all stay right here because there's some business I gotta get done with God. How many knows there's a time for public prayer? Huh? But there's also a time for private prayer. Oh, I'm glad that I can pray running down the road. Amen. I'm glad that I can pray in company of people, but there comes a time in your life that there ain't but one place. Amen. But, but, but uh, here, Jesus, he, he's setting an example in the presence of his disciples in the art of prayer. 
He goes from talking to them to turning to God as if God was standing there ready at all times. Amen. How many knows it don't take 30 minutes to get God to listen? I'm going to help somebody, amen. How many know in a split second, I'll cop out on you, amen. In a split second, I'll leave this world, amen, and I'll redirect, set your affections on things above, amen. When you start pushing down on me too hard, devil, I'll cop out in a minute, Father. Oh my God, I feel like preaching, amen. Uh, amen, I will just shift my vote. I ain't got to get to church. I, I ain't got to go in the prayer closet. I ain't got to call an elder. I ain't got to call a pastor. Let the devil give me trouble and I'll just shift on him, amen. Look to your neighbor and just tell him, refocus, 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 amen. And then I will take my eyes off the dilemma and put it on him, Father. God Almighty, that is good right there. Father, I'm telling you, amen. Uh, somebody tell your neighbor you've been given the power to shine. When the world's trying to put your light out, all you got to do is refocus. Ref <laughs> mm, can, we, can we work this this morning? So here we have Jesus in chapter number 17. He's just talking to these guys. All of a sudden, hey man, he starts preparing himself for what he's about to go through. You got to get ready because you're going to go through some stuff. Amen. I, I said, you got to get ready. Amen. And he goes from talking to them to turning to God. If God was right there waiting on him to talk to him. Amen. Uh, you would think that God is too busy running the universe, amen, to have time for you. But isn't it amazing that Jesus so understood prayer and he so wanted to teach his disciples uh, that in a split second I can go from talking to you just to saying Father. And I have heaven's attention. Boy, that ought to help somebody right there. That ought to be enough, amen. God bless you. You dismiss. Go home. Uh, amen. Some of you husbands and wives need to learn this. Amen. That in the heat of the battle, you need to, Father. Oh, I want to get a witness right there. Amen. Uh, amen. When, 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 when you're working in the marketplace uh, and they're taxing you beyond, uh, amen. When, when they're pushing you beyond what you're able to handle, you got to learn, Father. Because it changes everything. It changes everything. Amen. So Jesus redirects his, his attention. And oh, it's so amazing to me. And my goal is not to preach on prayer this morning, but it's in me. Uh, this, this miraculous, mysterious thing called prayer that has the power to transport you into the very presence of the almighty God. And what I'm so grateful for is I don't have to have a praise team singing to get me transported. Oh, somebody needs to get this right here, right now, amen. That I don't need a choir. <laughs> Sounding more like the Twilight Zone or something. <laughs> amen. I don't need you. You don't have to work it up or create an atmosphere, but right in the midst of my dilemma, in the deepest, darkest hour, there is a power God has given you to suck you out of that and put you in the presence of an almighty God. And you want to pick up your cell phone and call a joker. Oh, I just got to call my best friend. Really? Your best friend's easy pastor. 
this thing called prayer. And, and I think the key to Jesus, success in prayer, was his ability to stand in one realm but look into another. I think that's what made him successful. Jesus was standing in the, the, the deepest, darkest hour of his ministry on the very night he would be tried and by nine o'clock in the morning, he would be hanging on a cross. But in spite of his dismal surrounding, he was able to look to heaven. My God, go with me this morning. You cannot pray effectively looking around Ooh, who's that far right there? I said, you can't pray in faith looking around. You got to follow the example of Christ and lift your eyes to heaven. Two means to enter into a place, amen. Jehoshaphat was surrounded by hundreds of thousands of enemy and Jehoshaphat come before God and said, there's nothing we can do about this situation. Matter of fact, I don't even know what to do about this situation. I just want to stop right here and ask this congregation, is there anybody in this building that's in a situation that you don't even know what to do about it? Thank you. Huh? Amen. So, so uh, uh, Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. In other words, this situation is more than I can handle, and I'm just going to go ahead and admit it, amen, that I ain't big enough, I ain't bad enough, I ain't smart enough, I ain't rich enough, I ain't this enough, I ain't that enough. There ain't nothing I can do about this situation, amen, but I can't help me, Holy Ghost, but I have decided, instead of looking around me, I'm just going to look up. Amen. Somebody ought to just look up this morning, and I'm not looking at heaven, I'm looking to heaven. Oh, my God. Amen. So, so you got to learn to stand in one realm and focus on another realm. Daniel's feet was standing in the lion's den, but his eyes was focused on Christ. Amen. You can't pray in faith focusing on your dilemma. Somebody better get a hold of that right there, amen. You can't talk about it. You can't just rehearse it. You can't go over it and over it and over it, amen. You, 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 you can't pray in faith focusing on the doctor's report. You gotta focus on what God says about your situation. You can't pray in faith focusing on the dilemma in your life. You gotta refocus, redirect your focus. Are y'all with me this morning? So the question is, what you looking at? Uh, why don't you reach over and shake your neighbor and ask him, what you looking at? Because your faith, oh my God, your faith is gonna follow what you're looking at. Mm, let me get over here and help this side a little bit. Your, 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 your courage, your encouragement and your strength, it, 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 you hear me? It's going to be a reflection of what you're looking at. And if you're looking at your situation, it's going to affect your prayer and you're not going to be able to reach it. So Jesus said, I'm going to show you boys the art of praying is redirecting your focus because when you start looking at him, 
I said, when you start focusing on him, all of a sudden, everything else grows strangely dim. Mm. It's amazing to me that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had their feet standing in the fiery furnace, but their focus was on Christ. And all of a sudden, they begin to say, it ain't so bad. Boy, that was rich right there. You know what? It ain't so bad. It was so bad, it killed the guys that throwed them in there, but they walking around there with Jesus saying, it ain't so bad. It ain't so bad. See, what your problem is, it's not your problem. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Your problem is not your problem. Your problem is you're focused on your problem. If you're, oh, but if you refocus to Jesus before he ever started, he had to get his focus right. He never said father until he refocused. He, he never started praying until he got his eyes off the situation and got them on God. Amen. So effective prayer begins with changing your perspective. Because don't your Bible say in the book of Mark, chapter number 11, when you pray, you must believe you're going to receive. Amen. You, you got to start off praying with an expectation that only comes from your focus on your father instead of on your problem. Am I helping anybody in this place? Jesus lifted up his eyes To heaven. He entered into a place. You got to be in the right frame of mind to pray effectively. This is what we're teaching on Wednesday night. You can't just throw out a prayer and think that there's magic in that prayer. There's no magic in that prayer. It's the position you're standing in and the focus you're focusing on that turns that prayer, prayer into something powerful. Jesus said, I'm going to pray, and I could have prayed this alone, but I'm going to pray this in front of my disciples because I want them to see the art of prayer and how to pray. So he refocuses, and he simply says, Father. Oh, my God. If only you understood the implications of, number one, having the privilege to say, Father. And the number two, believing that the creator of the entire universe, that when you speak father, amen, zeroes in on your situation. Oh, if we only believed that. If we only believed that. Amen. But Jesus' prayer is phenomenal. And I, I, I need to speed up just a little bit. But Jesus' prayer is phenomenal. For he says, Father, the hour has come. It's here, Lord. It's here. The hounds of hell are knocking on my door. Trouble. Trouble's here, Lord. Trouble has come. The hour of my temptation has come. Trouble is now breathing down my neck. Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, Glorify thy son, that thy son may glorify thee. Now, to glorify comes from the word doxa, and it actually means, catch this now, to illuminate or cause to shine with the very nature and the character and the virtue of God. To glorify means to illuminate. 
It means to cause to shine. Another word for it is splendor. Splendor. Cause, cause to shine with the very nature and the character and the virtue of God. So Jesus was saying, Father, I need another impartation of your person. I need, I need. See, you, you got to learn from this because we think we need to God to do something for us when in reality, we need God to do something to us. Amen. And we think we need something from God when in reality, what we need is God. See, if you're not careful, your prayer gets all bent out of shape. And here Jesus is in the darkest hour of the night of his life. And he's simply saying, Father, glorify thy son. In other words, I need an impartation of your nature. Amen. And then he told us why he was praying it. He said, Father, I need you to shine on me so I can shine the glory on somebody else. I need some help, God, so that I can bring glory and honor to your holy name. Oh, that we would begin to pray. Instead of God, meet this need, and God, meet that need, and God, help me with my light bill, and God, help me with this situation, that we would learn to pray. Father, illuminate me that I could illuminate somebody else. God, glorify me so that I can bring glory and honor. Is anybody in this place? When's the last time you prayed? God, give me the power to shine. Give me the power to shine. Can we go just a little bit deeper? Stay with me just a few more minutes, amen. Uh, he, he said, God, God, in other words, and we're in the last day of Jesus's ministry. Are you following me? Amen. We're, we're at the end of the ministry. Isn't it amazing that even Jesus still had to pray for a new impartation uh, on a daily basis? Isn't it amazing that even the Christ that started off in the beginning and he said, you glorified me, Father, to bring glory to you by healing the sick, raising the dead, feeding the multitude. You, 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 you glorified me and caused me to shine with your glory on the mountaintop. But I need another level of glory today, God. I need another level of glory. I need you, God. I'm asking for an impartation, another level of glory to bring glory to you in the darkest hour of my life. Oh, somebody better get a hold of this right now. Amen. Glorify me, oh God, to bring glory to you in the midst of my deepest, darkest storm. My God, I remember in John chapter number 12, in the, in the, in the first of this dialogue, Jesus said, now is my soul exceedingly troubled. Amen. It's not nothing wrong with admitting that you're in turmoil. It's not nothing wrong with admitting that this situation is more than I can handle. It's nothing wrong because even Jesus said, my soul is exceedingly troubled, amen. He said, but what will I say? God deliver me from this hour? Then he speaks up and says, no, for this reason I come to this hour because God needs me as an instrument of glory in the bad times. Oh, somebody better get a hold of this. As well as he does in the good times. So Jesus ain't praying, get me out of something. He's praying, anoint me to walk through the valleys. Oh, 
somebody ought to help me. Give me the power to shine, Lord. You was good when I was feeding the 5,000. You was good when I was raising the dead. But God, I need a deeper anointing than I've ever had before because I'm going through hell and high water. And I God almighty. And I want to shine in the night like I somebody ought to get on your feet and give God some glory in this place. Somebody say, give me the power to shine. Give me the power to shine. My God. Oh, what a prayer. What a prayer. My, my, may I submit to you, and I hate to get just too deep, amen, because I'm a, stud, I, I'm a word study guy. Because when he got through with his prayer, 18 and 1 said, put 18 and 1 up there. 18 and 1 said, John chapter number 18 and verse number 1 said, when Jesus had spoken these words, he got through praying. That's the next thing you see. He got up. And he went forth with his disciples over the brook of Kidron, where was the Garden of Gethsemane. The brook of Kidron actually means black torrent. It literally means black torrent torrent and torrent is a violent storm that ravishes everything so Jesus was praying Lord I'm about to walk through the blackest darkest hour of my life so before I go I'm just praying glorify me anoint me so when all the way through I'm shining with the love of God I'm shining with the mercy of God I'm just shining with the peace of God is anybody in this place this morning there is some people passing over over the book, the brook Kedron. But there is an anointing. Oh my Lord, I, I, I left out my text. Nisha, give me, give me, y'all gotta get this. Give me verse uh, John 17, 22. He's still praying and he's talking to the father and he's just asked the father to glorify him for this dark hour that he's supposed to go through. Amen. Now I'm going to go through some trouble and I didn't have no, fa I didn't have no fa problem praising the father when the miraculous would be manifested. But now I'm going to cross over the brook Kedron into Gethsemane, which means oppressing. <clears throat> so Lord, I need another impartation. Oh, somebody ought to just pray that right now out loud. Somebody, somebody say, Lord, I need another impartation. You glorified me to get saved. Now glorify me to stay saved. Oh, oh, oh. You glorified me to live for you. Now glorify me to die for. Oh, my God. I'm all sorry. You gave me glory to live, but now I'm about to die, and I want to go out with the same glory I came in. Is anybody listening to me? I don't know what you're going through, but I come to tell you, God, I can't stand myself. There's an anointing for you to come out the other side. You got to cut almighty. Anoint me, Lord, because they're going to beat me. They're going to hang me on a tree. They're going to put me in a hole in the ground. But I'll come out on the third day. I'm coming. High five your neighbor and tell them I'm coming out. I got the power to shine. Jesus. Because <laughs> you see, I can shine on a good day and I can shine on a bad day. <laughs> 
All I'm asking you, Lord, is anoint me to bring you glory. And if I got to be sick, I'm going to glorify you on my sick bed. If I got to go to the cross, I'm going to glorify you on the cross. If I got to go through hell, I'm going to shout on the devil while I'm there. Oh, is anybody listening to me? I'm just anointed to be that way. You want to know why? Because of this scripture that I forgot to read. <laughs> this thing's going to come together in a minute. Jesus is still talking to the Father. And the, apostles, the disciples are sitting there listening to him pray. And oh my God, Jesus said he paid a little attention because he's done entered into the realm with his God. And he's praying, God, get me ready. Get me ready. I want people to see your God when the things are going good. And I want people to see you're still God when all hell is coming against me. I want people to see your God when people are applauding me. But I want them to see your God when they're persecuting me and talking about me. And he said, oh yeah, by the way, Father, that glory you gave me, I gave it to these guys. <laughs> I think Jesus got such a kick out of that. You know, the glory you gave me to bring glory to you when it was good and the glory you're giving me to bring glory to you when it's bad, I just gave it to him. I couldn't stand it. I, I couldn't stand it. I just gave it to him. And I told him, go blow the world's mind. Go blow the world's mind. Hey, go show the world. He is God when it's good. He is God when it's bad. Hey, somebody ought to worship the Lord in this place. Hey, he's God all by himself. Somebody shout power to shine. I come to tell somebody in this place, arise and shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Amen. I need a water break. Somebody needs a break. While I'm recuperating, you need to shake your neighbor and tell him, get up, get up, arise and shine, wake up. Why are you down and out? You have the power to shine. Why are you so defeated? Get up, get up, get up. For that light has come. Here, here it is, here it is, here it is, and I'm out of your way. Give me Isaiah 60 more. Arise, shine. For their light surely is going to come. For their light may come. Oh, is anybody catching it yet? Hey, why are you so dark? Why are you so dismal for the light? Why are you asking for something that's already come? I give you... I give you the power. I give you the glory that God has given me. It is in you. My God, you ought to be offended with your opposition. Who you think you are? Matter of fact, go ahead. Go ahead, darkness. Come on, bad. Come on, bad. Come on, bad, darkness. Come on, give me my next scripture. Come on, bad, darkness. 
Amen. For behold, the darkness is coming. The darkness is all around you. The darkness is in your own house. The darkness is trying to hover over you every day of your life. It'll cover the earth. It covers the people. But, somebody shout but, 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 but. I ain't saying it ain't dark, but the Lord shall rise upon you and his glory shall be seen. Oh, 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 it, it gets better than that. I'm coming on. It gets better than that. And because of that, the heathens are going to come to the glory of the Lord. God said, I, I, need, I need you to cross the brook. You hanging around over there at the Passover table. We are so truly grateful. Communion, tears streaming out. Oh, I'm so sick of new te- uh, 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 21st century communion. Oh, he died. I got news for you. Communion is not a time of mourning because you only mourn the death of somebody who ain't coming back. Communion is a time of celebration. Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> hey, man, I'll drink to that. <laughs> He didn't do that. He did not do that. If the devil can toast one another, we ought to. I'll drink to that. I'll drink to resurrection life. I'll drink to healing. I'll cut almighty. I'll drink to that. I mean, some of all y'all need, some of all y'all needs a good nilp. <laughs> oh, I can tell by that look by my wife. It's time to move on. God said, I need, you want me to be glorified in you, but I can't get you in a dark place without you flipping out. And then you run and get your fix from doctors, J and K, Watermark, you know. Because you thought I forsook you, but really I was trying to position you and I wanted to anoint you because everybody's life is not good. You might, you might be okay to be a witness to all the people that everything's going good, but what about them people whose life is hell on earth that needs a point of reference? that God is still God when the heart ain't working right. This steps back and says, oh my God, oh my God. You mean you can trust him when you pass out on a baseball field and your heart is going crazy? You mean, you mean he's still trustworthy in the hard times when they laying you on the table and busting your chest? He said, I need some, I need some references For them people out there who is broke, busted, and disgusted to be able to look and see you shining and say, my God, I know where Jennifer Bass come from. And I'm telling you, God gave us the worst in Caldwell when he gave us her. So there ain't nothing too big for God. Amen. When people come to me, say, well, can God do that? I said, to ask Jennifer. 
You understand what I'm saying? So Jesus and I quit. So Jesus said, now Lord, I'm praying for a new anointing. Not to preach better, not to sing letter, louder, but I'm finna cross that brook. I'm finna cross that black torrent. And when I cross it, I wanna cross it in the character, in the nature, and in the dignity of God. Oh, let me help somebody right now. The hour of my temptation is upon me. But let it come. Let it come because God, I've asked for a new impartation that when temptation is trying to pull me down in the black abyss, that I'm still walking in the nature and in the character of Almighty God. So my whole soul purpose is if things are good, it's to bring glory to God. But if things are bad, it's still to bring glory.